On this episode, we discuss One Missed Call, the scariest movie based on a thing that your answering service says. Flophouse listeners, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. So this needs to be addressed. Um, uh, Stuart, you're wearing some very small um, <laughs> bathing <laughs> shorts. Yeah, swim trunks. <laughs> why? Why is that? Uh, I just bought some, and uh, I thought I thought it like it you know would be really comfortable. Just for laughs, you thought you'd change into your sort of speedos. Is it very comfortable? Well, they're comfortable and uh, I didn't think laughs. I thought maybe, you know, it'd make me look good on the podcast. How does it feel? Would is cradled the right word? Do you feel cradled right now? Yeah, like I feel like a nice like a, like a nice hand is cupping cupping <laughs> so everything. So, let's paint a picture for listeners. Uh Stuart's wearing some Converse some shoes. Some filthy with, Converse shoes. With uh, filthy with white socks. <laughs> And then there's a there's a big big uh, expanse of bare leg going yeah. up to very pale what, <laughs> what I would describe as a strip of cloth covering sure. his his junk area yeah, junk or, area and then yeah. um, a yellow t shirt that says my best friend is Jesus <laughs> with a picture of Jesus compliment. ministering to children. <laughs> children you got a compliment for, for the shirt yeah I got a compliment on the shirt and the and the shorts obviously and for his package <laughs> yeah well. Uh, awkward. So, but in non-Swim Trunks news, mm-hmm. we watched One Missed Call tonight. Yeah. That didn't make me feel cradled or, or good. No. Man. Although, I gotta say, I don't want to go, I don't want to skip ahead too far to the ratings already, but uh, this this was a winner compared to some of the ones that we'd seen Well, certainly recently. compared to what we've watched recently. Yeah, I mean, it's this, not 10,000 BC. Coming out of 10,000 BC... Anything this movie was 12,000 years later and like 100 times better. But anyway, One Missed Call, starring Shannon Sassamon. Sassamon, <laughs> yeah. And Edward Burns. Yeah, yeah. Shannon Sassamon is in like my least favorite movie of all time. I don't know if we've addressed yeah, that before. Yeah, 40 Days and Other Oh, yeah, nights. we did. Yeah, right. You encouraged people to check it out from their um, <laughs> local video store and then throw it away. Yeah, that, that offer still stands, guys. Nobody's had to ask me to compensate them for that, which I Because appreciate. they felt good after they did yeah, it. Yeah, obviously. It's worth the money. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... As I said during the movie, Shannon Osman and Ed Burns, two of the most expressive actors of their generation, just real. I think this is our second Ed Burns movie, yeah. right? Sound of Thunder. I think the only way it could be less expressive is if it was Charlie Rose and that one rich socialite who had all that plastic surgery, so she looks like a Catwoman now. <laughs> like two people who can't move their faces at all. Yeah. Well, Shannon Osman just looks worried throughout the whole movie. And Ed Burns is playing. The, Ed Burns looks ashamed. The note of gravelly. He's. <laughs> I think he's really good at playing the, yeah. that, was, that was his solo album, "Songs in the Key of Gravel." <laughs> yeah, and then and of course, a, and, a, and a beautiful and a beautiful performance by Ray Wise, also. Yeah, Ray Wise, man, he's like helium. He's like a burst of helium in any movie. It just he rises. Can enliven anything. Ray Wise, for people who maybe don't remember, best known as Leland Palmer in uh, Twin Peaks, and one of the bad guys from RoboCop. Yeah, I always think That's RoboCop. True. Yeah, uh, he was the. He's in many, many things. He was. He starred in Jeepers Creepers too. Certainly, the best thing about that movie. Yeah, lately he's been in Reaper on yeah. the CW. I think it plays is. the devil on mm-hmm. Reaper. And here he plays the producer of a an exorcism and miracles based television show. But it's more like unsolved it does li- mysteries. It does live broadcast? <laughs> it does, well, that's right. It does a live broadcast from a church. I don't want to get ahead of the plot, but oh, I do sorry. want to say that the like plothouse. It's uh, Ray Wise shows up. For a moment to enliven the the proceedings and to create great enjoyment in the audience, and then completely disappears from the story without any resolution and to no, his storyline. No resolution to the I just produced a TV show in which someone was murdered in real life in a church. Yep, story. somebody was yeah. murdered on on film. On it's camera. like, oh, egg on my face. I guess this is going in the jeers column in TV <laughs> Guide. Well, I guess I'm on to the next episode. Yeah, I guess Peace we out, Shannon Sossaman. This yeah. is the worst thing since Al Capone's vault. Well, on to my next project. I hear the Jersey Devil's been caught, and the Mothman is on the loose. Let's go make mo- TV shows about those. Sure. Yeah, but uh, so there are murders. Ray Wise. Um, now I hate him. <laughs> hey, that Mothman <laughs> movie wasn't very good either. Yeah, we should watch that one, too. Mothman Prophecies. 
Yeah. It's a little old. It came anyway, out four years ago, say. but um, I think it came out like six years ago. Anyway, one missed call. Should we go over what the plot is about in this crazy Yeah, paper? Elliot, you're, you're aces at this, so why don't you oh, thanks. do your fast recap? It had something to do with cellular phones, right? Because everybody uses those, right? Shannon Saucerman's friends have a problem. They keep missing calls. Then when they listen to the message, it's them being con- uh, killed. And they go, ah, this is horrible. I'm getting messages of myself being killed. This is crazy. And then they start seeing horrible phantasms around them. And then they usually get killed. One of them is hit by a train. One has a flying piece of metal from a construction site. Yeah, some rebar. Uh, thrown, yeah, rebar. They get thrown through his chest uh, and so forth. Shannon Salsman investigates with the help of Ed Burns, the policeman who doesn't believe in ghosts but kind of does. And Margaret Cho, who shows up out of nowhere for a couple scenes as another policeman who really doesn't believe in ghosts so much so that she is a non-factor yeah, another character in the that movie. does not have a character arc or <laughs> anything that's resolved no yeah ray wise comes in as the producer of this television show that somehow has heard of the this phone problem and knows that shannon sussman's latina friend is the next victim that uh he broadcasts an exorcism she's superstitious being latina and catholic you know it's very bizarre that they they're they, it's she's a modern college student but they're like we can give you an exorcism, and she's like, Santa Maria, gracias, oh, me, gracias, gracias, me. No, that was good. Thank you. That was what she sounded like. Yeah. And then, anyway, to cut a long story short, it turns out that there was a hospital that burned down years ago, and there was a little girl and her mother in it. Everyone thought that the mother was hurting the little girl to get attention, but it turns out that this little girl whose little sister is still alive was some sort of psycho monster. They're both dead, and the little girl is going through telephones and killing people. Yeah, it turns out it's the evil sister who's it's like a bad seed character. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, but, um, uh, like the good son. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, like Macaulay Culkin. Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah, Macaulay Culkin was the bad one in that one. Yeah. I got it mixed up. Of course up. he's the bad one. <laughs> Just like in real life. <laughs> um, and in the end... Should I give away the ending? Well, or? let's let's get let's jump back now that you're given like a good overview. Okay, so, sure. So, ghost a ghost of a little girl is killing people through phones. Yeah, and Shannon Sossaman has it happen to all of her friends and gets creeped out. And, you know. Well, I mean this this is a great horror movie, Elliot, because it plays <laughs> on the common fear that everyone has about getting calls on their phone. <laughs> it's the most terrifying experience that you can have in life. I mean, uh, I was I was wondering what the metaphor for the like because you know most horror movies are in some way like allegorical or they're playing on a common fear. Well, they're they're just a comment on something in society. Yeah, I mean, the closest I could come up with is the idea that uh, cell phones are giving you cancer, cancer in this form, an evil ghost child. Yeah, well, I, I think it's like with cell phones. Even when we miss a call, people can still get in touch with us. We're never alone, even when ghosts are around. Like, if we had rotary phones, then the ghost wouldn't be able to get to us unless if we were in our house. Well, I mean, it's it's really going down, like, the checklist of technology. Like, there are all these techno thrillers where it's like, you know what? Technology, it's getting ahead of us. My favorite one it's of those. It's going to kill us someday. My favorite one of those is the one. Has it come out yet? The one with, um, what's his name from the Skulls? And Dawson's Creek. Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson, where he's a Shutter. photographer. Yeah. Oh, I almost picked that up on the video, sure. <laughs> it's like, I want to say, because it's like The Ring, but they were like. Let's take a step back. You know, let's go back. Let's go to an earlier piece of invention. It's the ring, but it's just one frame. Yeah. You know, still photography. Yeah, what's next? The like the bread maker that <laughs> kills people. I'm worried. If, I'm, I'm waiting for the flipbook movie. Yeah. Where's an evil flipbook? Going back, it's nice. like oh, portraits. I mean, like, well, I guess that's portrait of Dorian. <laughs> yep, yeah, yep. that is. <laughs> yep, that little is silhouettes. <laughs> that is a story from a hundred years ago. Yes. But man, oh, we have fun. Phones. No. <laughs> <laughs> cell phones. Yeah, so it's evil cell phones, but for no, but for, there's no reason this girl chose cell phones, right? This movie jumps directly into the killing. I mean, the teaser of this film. This movie is a lean 87 minutes. Yeah. Trim. It begins with. It's not the, like. What was that one with Hayden Christensen in a coma? Awake? awake? Awake. It's not like Awake, which was 90 minutes long, but felt like it should have been 10 minutes long. That was like a student short film expanded <laughs> to epic length. But you know, this one, yeah, people start dying fairly quickly. Well, immediately. I mean, you know, there's always a teaser in these horror movies where, the, you know, death comes right away. But even so, like this movie starts with uh, there's this woman next to a koi pond, uh, which I guess is a nod to the fact that this is a Japanese That's remake. after the title. Like, before no, the title right sequence, before, right? there's a... Is it before the fire or after? Because the movie opens with a brief shot of that fire at the hospital. Yeah, and then it cuts to the, to the chick in the koi pond. Then it cuts to the koi pond. Where uh, she's scared because her cat disappears, 
Which is, as Stuart pointed out, cats do move. They have legs. Yeah. Cats are known to leave and come back whenever She's they want totally to. She's totally freaked out by the fact that one moment she looks and the, her cat's there, and then the next moment it's not there. And she goes over looking for the cat, and then... Um, she bends over in her in her low-cut shirt, reminding us that this does play, take place in Clevedon, yeah. the town of Cleavage. Where and then Carrie-style, uh, an arm comes out of the, the water and grabs yeah. her and pulls her in. And then, for good measure, pulls the cat in. Yeah, well, that was that was important because I thought for a little while the cat was in cahoots with the ghost, <laughs> but that clearly well, they showed still could that, have been, and the hands just turned yeah, on. Yeah, the, the ghost promised the cat some sardines. I had actually, <laughs> I had actually forgotten that a hand jumped out, which which brings to mind the fact that the ghost in this movie has no real modus operandi. He, she just kills with whatever's available, and sometimes with things that aren't available, like. There's a knife in the eye, there's a piece of rebar that flies out, there's a train, there's ghostly hands that strangle someone under their skin, there's a hand from a pond, like, it does, it's almost like they wanted to do, like, Final Destination, but they, they didn't think about it Well, but much. also, at the beginning, the ghost uh, appears to kill by methods that could easily be explained away as an accident, and then I guess over the course of the movie, the ghost gets tired, <laughs> and just like, yeah, fuck it, I'm not gonna try and cover up on the ghost. I'm, I'm not gonna be... to the eye is kind of pretty accidental. <laughs> yeah. When it comes through the peephole in a, yep. in a door. And then disappears. Like, and then explodes all the windows. It implies... <laughs> the it ghost, Im- by the end, is like, uh, you know what, I'm not gonna get arrested, I'm a ghost, I don't have to be really subtle and coy. But with- the implication of the koi pond scene is that this woman killed someone put their body in the koi pond and the ghost has chosen to use that as their weapon yeah but to, no no that doesn't pay off it doesn't make sense i don't you know yeah it's weird why is there a hand in there yeah you know? i don't really like get was it. thing taking a bath i don't understand the or, thing the hand not thing yeah, ben, from, ben Grimm. yeah and not man thing <laughs> and not man thing or, or, swamp thing. or man bad or swamp thing or sure. thing number one that thing the what that lauren <laughs> that thing song. you do or that thing you do yep. Not, yeah. a, not a DVD copy of that. <laughs> no, that would be so awesome if there was a movie, a movie where the ghost only chose chose to kill people through the through DVD copies of that thing you do. <laughs> so like someone, the, someone is walking by the the shelf on a video store and the case is slowly opening and then they go, huh? And the DVD comes flying out and slashes their throat. Like in Hellraiser three. But with that thing you do. If what's his face, uh, the guy who directed uh, the Ring and the American Ring. And, uh, Gore Verbinski? Yeah, Gore Verbinski. Director a, of Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Had yeah. a real grudge against uh, a Tom real Hanks. grudge. <laughs> ah, nice hey, play on words yeah. there, Dan. So it was like, ah, in this ring uh, remake, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna use it as a like hatch job against Tom Hanks. <laughs> he had a real grudge. He hired a rabbi to Jew on someone. <laughs> what other? Keep it going. He gave a woman the eye. Yeah, uh, yeah. that was that's, Korean. But that's that's Korean, Korean, yeah. Well, it's Asia, you know. Sure, Asia. What other Jay Harm movies are there? He pushed her into some dark water. Yeah, yeah there you go. Good, good one. Yeah, man. Took her down to Tortilla Flats. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Jay Harm movie, right? So they could watch the Tequila Sunrise. <laughs> Close. <laughs> it was a real case of brain donors. All right. <laughs> Right. That's a great one, dude. Oh, man, yeah. you're sharp as a tag. <laughs> well, you know, any John Turturro movie where it's basically the Marx Brothers. He oh, gave right. her the old choo-choo and the Philly flash. <laughs> okay. they, were, they were racing for mother jugs and speed. The point is that uh, this... <laughs> the parallax view. And we're done. This movie broke with uh, horror movie tradition by... Not being scary. <laughs> that, was, that was one big way. It also didn't um, introduce a group of potential victims and then knock them off one by one. Instead, <laughs> it no- basically knocked off everyone we'd met and then was like, oh shit, um, we need, uh, well, let's just introduce a new character so we can kill them. Well, they'd show someone who was Sharon Sossaman's best friend and then she died. And then it was like, oh, here's another friend of hers at uh, The Wake. And yeah. now they're best friends, and then she dies, and it's like, ah, uh, well. She's like, hey, I got this really weird phone call. Can you help me out with it? <laughs> it's almost like she was just known as the girl who who was interested in phones on campus. So it was like, mm, I guess we're friends now. I got a weird phone call. Yeah, I think my favorite moment in the entire movie is when the one friend gets the phone call, and they're like, oh, my God, you're going to die, whatever. So they go to talk to the guy at the phone <laughs> kiosk in the mall. Yeah. And, he's like, and he's like the coroner in the movie who's like eating a sandwich and like, whatever. It's your phone. Do whatever you want. Yeah, like, he's the equivalent in this movie is, like, uh, Zelda Rubenstein's character in Poltergeist. Like, we were like, oh, we need to go to a real phone expert. <laughs> Let's go to the guy who sells cell phones. I was going to say the robot in the movie Rotor. 
who was the janitor, and, and they asked the robot, what's going on in this laboratory? And he's like, oh, geez, I don't know. Uh, oh, man, you got to ask somebody else. But why, why I guess would most people think... haven't seen the movie Rotor, I guess. <laughs> no. anyway. They're like, okay, who's going to be able to help us with this killer phone problem? Who really knows about <laughs> phones? The, the, the minimum wage employee. Well, the mean, guy who can, convinces people to sign up for a cell phone. Not client. that there's anything wrong with being a minimum wage No, no, <laughs> yeah, certainly. <laughs> yes, but I imagine Very he has his own no dreams, more. you know. Like he, he, oh, his figured, focus isn't just being a cell phone guy. I figured he was just like you know the guy. He's in, in it for, like, it's not a career for it's him. A, to be no, like, it's a crusade. Okay. He's like the guy in the Fave Five commercials where those the guys who don't have the Fave Five own a wizard. <laughs> that uh, where it's like this guy loves phones, like he's just in it to spread the the gospel of the Fave Five. So I imagine this I guy was like that, except he loves sandwiches. Yeah, except for he's just like I'm just digging. You can do the whatever sandwich. you want with your phone. Like that was the thing. Like they went to him to try and cancel the service, and when that didn't happen, he just sort of gave them permission to do whatever, and so they stopped on their phone. That was their big. Solution. I guess what you're saying is this was one of many unnecessary steps. <laughs> yeah. Such as there's a later scene where Ed Burns calls Sharon Sussman, and she hangs up. Oh, she doesn't answer because she's busy, and he goes ah. And then he goes to a librarian at the school library. And he's like, did you see so-and-so? And then he gets a phone call. It's Sharon Sossman. She goes, Shannon. Oh, Shannon Sossman. What's up? What did you call me about a minute ago? Why bother showing us that he that she missed his call? Yeah, there's an intermediate when, step. I mean, unless that's just keeping in the theme of missed calls. But at that point, don't show us that it's him calling. Just show she has a missed call so that she gets scared. Like it would have been a lot better if after she you know ignored it, then she went back and looked at her phone. And she was like, one missed call. What the? Oh God! Oh, whew. I thought that was a. Oh, that was a ghost. Yeah, one, <laughs> one missed call from caller ID Edward Burns. <laughs> She's like, fuck, he's a ghost? Oh, uh, <laughs> this explains everything. Hey, the weirdest part? He's a ghost was... from his character in Saving Private Ryan. Hey, you know, right, right now the the movie's also Wait, playing again for some reason. Private Ryan. I can't remember. Oh, I mean, but he is a World War II veteran. One of the weird things right about the movie is that right before anyone dies in the movie, their body gets all, like, dusty and, like, yeah. weirdly indistinct. It's like the Golden Compass, almost. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Well, there's a lot. I guess what Stewart's getting at is there's a lot of random shit that gets thrown in from other movies in this. Like when you're gonna die, your body turns into dust, and you see all these people walking around who look, have like they live faces, yeah, monster faces, monster faces, and then like there's a creepy lady pushing a creepy baby carriage, which is only kind of tangentially attached to the villain at the end like it's just like oh you're gonna die here's some stereotypical horror movie things for you to see ah oh you know, you're like, dead now but don't worry all those weird things are going to be relate are going to relate to uh what the ghost saw right before the ghost died later on yeah it's yeah all the puzzle pieces fit except for that you have thing, to kind of jam them together a little bit yeah, uh, yeah. one thing we didn't you mention spit on them is before <laughs> make them fit in there you gotta blow into the cartridge to make sure it works <laughs> And jam jam a copy of uh, Duck Hunt on top. <laughs> the, you gotta push it down. <laughs> One thing that happens before people die is they see centipedes. I figured they were just... That's the, pretty creepy, I huh? figured the yeah. centipedes were just out of work after the ring, and they needed some, some extra. Sure. But it's like there's centipedes from the ring, there are bees briefly from Candyman, there's... Uh, there's scary puppets like the Puppet Master. There's that lady with the eyeballs who, instead of eyes, she has mouths. Like yeah. Like in the box. Like that Madonna video. Yeah. Wait, years what? ago the one uh there's that madonna video that was all like steampunk looking i don't remember there's one part where she has a, an eye instead of a mouth and mouths instead of eyes oh wow that's important like the corinthian that's except really, with an eye instead of a mouth you sure. should mention steampunk a couple more times because then maybe uh, we'll become more popular on the internet oh that's right yeah people so like i was reading shit. boing boing.net <laughs> the other day it said something interesting Corey about steampunk <laughs> likes the steam cartoon research is jerry beck uh, oh, that's Cartoon Brew. It's a different blog. Yeah. Anyway, so they basically they eventually they track down. Um, they use Edward Burns's magical police powers. Yeah. To trace the chain of phone calls. And there's some missed there's some missed uses for say suspense or getting the audience interested. Like show them tracking down the calls. You know, they made a whole movie, All the President's Men, about people tracking down paperwork and looking at people who had called other people. 
you know, that can be exciting. So you think there should be more scenes of them, like, just looking through phone records? Not exactly. Or they could do that in dramatic way. More scenes of that than, like, characters bumming around waiting to die or yeah. just not creepy nonsense that isn't related to anything. Yeah, you know, like weird ladies with mouths for eyes. Or exactly. Or, like, the Ray Wise detour, which... Uh, <laughs> which was brilliant, but also stupid. No, it was the best part of the movie, but it made no... It didn't well, tie into the rest of the film I'd say all. the best part of the movie is the only scary part when she's stuck in Shannon Samasaman is stuck in like the is the it goes to journey to the old abandoned hospital yeah the old burned out uh, like asylum or something yes which this I bet the town has seen hard times it has not rebuilt or even put up like that good offense around it yeah so the ghost can get in now. <laughs> I guess the ghost petitioned City Hall to uh, to leave it as it was. I'm surprised there weren't more teenagers there. Like, I mean, if I was a just smoking pot and shooting the windows out, somebody to go like go in there, and then that person gets killed by a real monster or something, (laughs) and then the movie begins. Or like a local fraternity uh, sends somebody there on a hazing, and it all goes totally wrong. You can you can either do 50 push-ups in your own vomit or bring us back a ghost, and then (laughs) yep, bring us back a mustache from one of the dead skeletons. (laughs) Not one of the live skeletons from the old burned-out asylum. Oh, but but anyway, she's wandering through, and there's a bunch of non-creepy things that happen, like a zombie baby holding a phone in its hand and millipedes. That zombie baby was very similar to the uh, zombie baby in the Dawn of the Dead remake in that it was 100% CGI, which, as we all know, is really scary. I just think... I just think all zombie babies look like Winston Churchill. <laughs> nice. nice. Look like zombie Winston Churchill. Yeah. I think they all look zombie like... Winston Churchill. He did a lot of bad things, but he won the war. So They all they... look slightly less real than the baby from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> When the when the when the baby from the dream and train spotting is more realistic than the baby in your movie, then you have a problem. But anyway, so wait, she goes in, she finds the corpse of it turns out the girl's mother who died in the fire and Yeah, pulls, she's all kinds of fucked and up. And she's right? all burned and her teeth are coming straight through her skin and everything. Her face all mixed around like the monster from uh, one of those Resident Evil movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's true. I had nothing to say. Yeah, it was just but she, which is descriptive. But yeah. she it's not a joke. It's just painting a picture with your words. No, because those, those, like those movies poet. are pretty good, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, I feel like Mila Jovovich. But uh, <laughs> I'm just adding extra syllables to everybody's names. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. On the subject of Mila, uh, there's, there's, there was that oh, commercial. Oh, you know, you're on a first name basis with her. <laughs> Mila. Well, I, I thought I was saying Mia. that for a particular reason, and that's because... She's European. Well, I thought it was Mamma Mia. There was a commercial... Recently, I didn't do that well in the theater. Where, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it opened against Dark Knight. She oh, okay. was promoting some sort of uh, cosmetics, and I just, I was really happy that in this commercial she identified herself by name because, fi- you know, finally I know what to, to think in my brain when I read that, <laughs> and it's a uh, Mia Jovovich. Oh yeah, because it's Eastern European. So everyone, yeah, that makes more sense. All Flophouse listeners. When you're talking about Resident Evil... Or The Fifth Element. You can talk about Jovovich. Fifth Element. Or, what's his name? Um, or Dummy starring Adrian Brody. Or, or <laughs> Dummy starring Adrian. Or Cuffs starring Christian Slater. <laughs> or just past loves of uh, Luke Besson. If you're writing that, that Luke Besson quickie overnight autobiography <laughs> with a photo insert I like how it, could, how it could be an autobiography. Like, we could be talking to Luke Besson right now, and he's like, you know what? About you know what? I gotta strike while the iron's hot. Let's put out this quickie <laughs> autobiography. Just put some photos in there. Fill well, it with heartthrob stuff. All I've been doing for the past uh, ten years is producing movies. So, <laughs> well, I... he's he's saving up a big nest egg so he can make Fifth Element too. Sixth Element. Oh, that, that'd make more sense. The sixth. So the Fifth Element was love. So I guess the Sixth Element will be like dreams. Chocolate. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so easy. Outer space. <laughs> The sixth element is movies. Uh, <laughs> movies like the fifth element. <laughs> they discover a copy of the fifth element and that saves the world. That's like the scene in Beastmaster 2 when he walks by the movie theater and Beastmaster is playing. I love that joke. When Leonard Malton reviews Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Yeah, I, I loved that when I was a kid. Anyway, so I, this I loved scene. That when I was a man. <laughs> <laughs> which was years ago. Well, now he's wearing those shorts. Back well, when I was a man. So they, she goes to the burned out hospital and the mother is there and she's all creepy and burned up and the corpse comes to life and is just 
crawling over her and puts its face really close to hers, and it's this genuinely yeah. like creepy, scary moment. And you think you're gonna get some hot uh, zombie on girl action? Oh yeah, because I love to see I love to see a lesbian scene where one of the people involved doesn't have lips Look. or uh, or pupils. Like Ellie, I'll take what I can get. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> yes, I imagine now you going I, I, you when your wife isn't around. You go to a website that's called girlonzombie.com. <laughs> Wait a minute, are we inadvertently uh, giving some help to girlonzombie.com? I hope not. The way we did with the uh, Aquafan or whatever Aquafan, it was, yeah, which was the lamest <laughs> site in the world. That was the weirdest. <laughs> it just, said, it just we- said sex underwater. Anybody tried it? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the official website of people who love having sex underwater. Uh, here's post number one. Hey, has anyone tried this shit? Let me know. Post number two, non-existent. <laughs> Man, that's... In theory, I'm into that. <laughs> Anywho, so that, but it, so the movie did have a at least one like genuinely scary moment. Right, when... right. But or at least creepy. Other I wouldn't necessarily say that, scary. Yeah, My well, favorite not scary, part but... was Ray Wise. Yes. Who breezed into the film. <laughs> Uh, promised to do a exorcism of the phone and then completely failed in in saving the girl. He like basically shot her being dead for his uh, unsolved for his dreams. miracle show. His miracle show, which I assume runs on Lifetime after America's Psychic Challenge and before Kid Psychics. And then he left again. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what the point of his appearance was. Other than so that I personally would enjoy get, it. To give of, it a shot in the arm. The point, Although, of, point of his appearance was, we can get Ray Wise for two days. <laughs> what do we got? This Me? is Ray Wise? Oh, I was thinking of Ray Parks. <laughs> well, we'll make use of him somehow. I guess we can't have him kickbox the ghost. <laughs> nice. Or be the character Toad from... Uh, <laughs> from X-Men. Yeah, from the, from the Uncanny X-Men. But you were going like to say, the- <laughs> from the Uncanny X-Men. Not the title at all. Shannon Sossman was completely um, dubious. I love that Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie. It was great. Shannon Sossman was totally dubious about the idea of an exorcism, but she was immediately accepting of the idea of yeah, killer cell phones. You had a major problem with the fact that she never really doubted the idea that phones were killing no, people. No, she jumped directly to, like, okay, I guess this is it. But then it's you know, like she's a screenwriter. Like, this is the thing. I'm going with it. <laughs> the movie's only 80-something minutes long. You know, they, uh, they yeah, can't waste like, time with hey, that. We're running out of time here, guys. I got to agree with it. TikTok. <laughs> now my, my... I got to be on the set of Rules of Correction 2. <laughs> Her character was oh, like, man, I don't I can't know. Wait. And the director was going, come on, hurry it up. <laughs> hurry it up. We don't have a lot of time in this movie. <laughs> yeah, this film was completely improvised. <laughs> this is what for explains completely... Ray Wise's because <laughs> they happened to find him he was actually waiting to go to someone else's house for a party and they found him outside and just brought him into the scene good movie maker I will say this movie hit me where I live because for the past two weeks I've been getting calls from an 888 number every morning around the same time and I never pick it up because I don't know the number and I think it's the blood bank trying to shame me into giving them more of my precious yeah. fluid and maybe it's a collection agency or something well, yeah, and ghost. they never leave a message and then today Finally, for the first time, I get a message. This is Ryan from Time Warner. I've called you before about the free HDTV for three months offer that we've been running since you bought an uh, an HDTV recently. But now it's too late. Give me a call back before we run out of time. And it's like, this is the message you've been calling every day at the same time for two weeks and not leaving a, leaving a message for. Like, this is the call that it's I've been ghost. dreading. It's a ghost trying to trick you, Elliot. It was, well, yeah, not... I mean, he's trying, he's trying to build up suspense. If I had answered the phone... And the message would have been like of me going, I don't know what to do. I don't. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that, oh my God! What are you doing with that train? That would have been. Um, that would have been. A train running me over. I would be. <laughs> <laughs> a train is running me over right now. Ah! 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 I can feel each individual wheel. Hold on, I'm getting another call. Okay, I'm back. Ah! 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 But like that would have been more fitting to me, like than just this guy saying, "I've I've called you before about this." Like, yeah, leave me a message, dumbass. Come on, I'm not a mind reader. But I, I almost wish it'd been something spooky like that to make it worthwhile. Pressing ignore on my some phone. Spice to your otherwise yeah, relatively boring to, to day. To my, my otherwise boring day of producing television shows. Whoa, whoa! Boring <laughs> over the rest of us. Yeah, I'm not learning. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. My life has a certain amount of glamour that By doesn't need ghosts in it. But Elliot, I still want uh, it. Elliot was late to the record because uh, they had Brian Williams on the show. Tonight. And we can't tape the show till late when Brian Williams is on because he has yeah, to do the nightly news. By first. the way, this is the second time this has happened, which makes me think that. Uh, Brian Williams is the Flophouse's nemesis. <laughs> we I can like make to think, it that way. 
I like to think that Brian Williams is doing this deliberately because he knows that uh, network television is on the way out. I mean, <laughs> and podcasts, podcasts, he feels really threatened by this. The future. You know, 50% of people get their news from movie podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Williams is feeling that bite. So I found out about Keith Ledger dying. <laughs> really, Keith Ledger passed away too? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's horrible because they just lost, their family just lost Heath and now Keith is yeah, dead also. It was the Olsen twins. Here's <laughs> the Olsen. They hate other twins. Yeah, they did magic. I don't know what is that a prestige thing? I don't know what No, they just use magic. It's cool. <laughs> They're twins. This is getting really conceptual, so I'm gonna take it back <laughs> to the film. So uh yeah, the no, my favorite bit in the whole movie was when, you know, they go to visit with this, you know, really creepy little girl and uh who, who just, won't say anything. To set it up, we think that the girl has been um abused by her mom uh because of uh, Munchausen by proxy, a disease that happens 10,000 times more often in the movies and TV than it does in This was life. another thing taken from another horror movie because it's in the... Yeah, it's like The Sixth Sense. In The Sixth Sense when there's a tangentially re- related plot about Munchausen by proxy syndrome. But anyway, they go to see the girls. So go on. So. Yeah, so they go to see this little girl and she's got, you know, a teddy bear. <laughs> wait, like, wait, but- I, say, I just wish The Sixth Sense had followed up and done sequels about the, him and his ghost buddies solving crimes after the fact. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> that would have been great. Like, the ghost, he's like Dead Man, kind of. Like, the ghost of the victim told me where to find, you know, the murder weapon. For you see, officer, it was the mother who was the killer. Well, I don't know how you do it, kid, but you solved another one solve mystery let's close the case on this one boys well let's just say i had a little help from my friends and then he winks at a ghost who fades away what a great show a the- ghost of a cowboy a ghost of- <laughs> you gotta help me find me gold Haley. it was buried out here and stolen from me by some varmints <laughs> he just travels the country solving crimes and the, what's great is it's the seventh sense eighth sense ninth sense you just keep increasing the numbers <laughs> it works that's the thing just, sure anyway but you were saying so teddy bear oh yeah there's a teddy bear that's a bandit I guess because he's got a little little bandana around his neck <laughs> like he robs banks in his <laughs> it's western bear sort yeah. cowboy bear so uh and they're like you know they're staring at her while she sits in a chair by herself staring at the wall and then uh, all of her sudden, all of her sudden, all of her sudden, <laughs> all of her sudden pops in. Hello, everybody! It's me, all of a sudden. <laughs> Trouble with ghosts, eh? Tip, tip, gotta go. <laughs> Bob's your uncle, mate. So yeah, ghosts was- are real jacks. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Just go down the apple and pears. <laughs> so all of a sudden shows up, and uh, she uh, all of a sudden her phone or uh, her teddy bear starts making <laughs> making the same noise as the magic uh, ghost ringtone. Yeah, oh ring yeah, tone. The, the missed call is always a specific ringtone. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you probably saw in the trailer. If not, watch the trailer and you'll know what it is. Uh, it's and, not that frog song from England. Yeah, and so Shannon Sasserman is uh, like flips out. She's like, "Oh my God, what's happening?" Happening. And uh, and the, the nurse like touches her and she's like, oh no, that's just the song. That's the song the bear makes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's just the wait song. A the song the bear plays. That's the best. It's the it's the best line in the movie and the best performance of a line in the movie. Yeah, her reading a zero out of zero on deadpan. A deadpan reading of a shitty, unrealistic line that no person would ever say. That's just exp- just there to connect the dots for the three people in the audience who were too stupid to recognize <laughs> that that was the same song the phones were playing. Do you think yeah. one of those people was like one of the executives who was watching a rough cut of the movie? I have to like, assume. He- what the fuck are they <laughs> flipping out for? I don't understand. Why is she so scared about the bear? That's just the song the bear plays. <laughs> Let's put in a line of dialogue just making sure everybody knows that's just the song the bear plays. <laughs> because if we On the sure- piano. <laughs> On the piano. <laughs> when the bear was alive. <laughs> Really, that was the one song the bear knew how to play. (laughs) It was was like his heart and soul. That was was his party trick. I can pick this out. All right, hold on. (laughs) There's also one scene where the girl is lying asleep with the bear in her hands, and you see the bear suddenly start moving towards the camera, and it turns out it's Ed Burns. In our first shot, we see it's Ed Burns picking up the bear. But the movie is trying to fake you out for a minute into believing it that this is a film about an evil bear <laughs> that comes awesome. to life and kills people, which would have been great. But Yeah, no, that yeah. would be definitely preferable to the ultimate solution. It'd be like the video box of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. And the solution is a solution <laughs> that um, anyone who has seen a Japanese horror film could have come up with little girl who was wronged or no yeah. she's evil i guess little girl who's killed and and attacks people through technology yeah 
Yeah. But she yeah, never I mean, like makes a cat noise. Like, it is pretty much just the ring. Yeah. yeah. Well, Not good. well, we like the yeah. film have already laid in all the clues you need to put this <laughs> together. Do you know who committed the crimes? Perhaps you should stop the podcast now. <laughs> Write right. up what you think happened. Put it in an envelope and see who was closest. Are you done? <laughs> That's good for a laugh. Let's continue. Yeah, what happens is it has this weird... It was a little girl, right? It has this weird, like... <laughs> yeah, a little girl. Usual well, suspects right. ending where literally, like, everything that this girl sees while she's dying then becomes part of the, the, the tapestry of the Yeah, film. so it's like, oh, they've got a creepy statue of a woman pushing a stroller, so that's why there's a, a crazy ghost woman with a stroller there. by the there. way, in the oh, nursery the... of this child, they have the creepiest statue of a woman pushing the stroller. <laughs> it's so a incredibly statue that scary. that makes sense in the context of a horror movie. You would never <laughs> give this to a child. Oh, and also, and the girl, oh, she died of an asthma attack because her inhaler ran out of stuff, so that's why you hear a like noise like an inhaler every time someone's about to die and this she saw the bear right before she died and it yeah, knocked it over and it started playing it. and that's why she you know this that's the song that plays like sure i think she's just angry that she has to basically she can never escape the way she died right she's getting older she doesn't want to be associated with it anymore edwards is looking at the nanny cam footage through this bear also there's he says happened. it's a nanny cam people use it to, so they can watch their kids no, a nanny cam is so you can watch your nanny to make sure she's not abusing your kids. That's yeah. they would call it a kid cam if it was for watching your kids, not a nanny <laughs> cam. cam. So wait, a really good the camera's not show. supposed to be the nanny, right? No, the camera's not the nanny. It's not like uh, nanny the the uh, X Men. You know, the the evil kid tr- has been torturing the good kid, and the evil kid I mean, as evil kids do. Yeah, and the evil kid dies. Uh, after, after being, being caught. locked into in her room, and there's a problem because she doesn't have enough ever inhaler, and she's trying to call someone for help on her cell phone, which is why the cell yeah. phone is tied in. But the most hilarious thing about the idea of everything that she sees as she's dying being tied into her whole mythology is that she looks up at a jar full of centipedes, <laughs> and that's why there's centipedes involved. Why there's a jar full of live centipedes in this and nursery? Like, huge, like these are the kinds of centipedes you find in the rainforest. Yeah, like they're exactly. enormous. They're like like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom centipedes. Yeah, they're like porn star penis sized centipedes. Yeah. Like that kind of girth. Yeah, I don't. I didn't mean to you quiet the room. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I listen. It was gonna be me tonight. If you're wearing shorts like that, one of us is going to say the word girth. Nice. But uh, and nah, also, but they, and oh, and everyone who dies, a piece of candy falls out of their mouth. When they I thought, die. I thought that was a grape. It looks like a grape, but it's a piece it of candy. It looks like a marble. It looks like a marble, a grape, a bauble. Maybe know. a frozen grape. <laughs> a tiny thing of amber. But uh, but that's so... I don't remember if she sees candy or like maybe she's just no, got enough because, life to put candy uh, in her it's mouth. It's because every time the one little girl like hurt her sister with oh, a knife or some give shit, her candy. she gave her candy, right? Yeah, to shut her up. <laughs> said said with the anger of someone who had to shut up a little kid at some point. <laughs> it's blood candy. That is <laughs> like Leonardo DiCaprio's movie about how they make candy. <laughs> Le- where Leonardo DiCaprio plays an Afrikaner in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> like, you got to boycott M and M Mars. They're involved in the blood candy trade. Yeah, so many Oopaloopas died. <laughs> That, oh, I want to see that parody <laughs> trailer so badly now for Blood Candy, where he investigates the deaths of innocent Listeners, why don't you make a mashup and put it on Hello, YouTube? Hello, uh, Flophouse Contest. That's, Try that as your entry. 100,000 hits right there. <laughs> yep, I like getting lots of hits. Listen, I'll give the I'll give the Flophouse audience all the Ziggy pitches it wants if they will just make that trailer for us. All right, so we have gone a really long time. Let's just skip uh, to our judgments on this film. Elliot, what do you think? I thought, actually, it was a bad movie, but we did have fun watching it. It was short. Uh, it moved really fast. It's stupid, but, like, the stupidness you could make fun of, and it wasn't like 10,000 B.C. where it was boringly stupid. So I give it a bad, but okay to watch. Stuart, what do you think? Yeah, I'll probably go with Elliot on this one. I mean, I'm not going to say that it was really that great, but I think maybe I've just been, I'm really biased because the past couple ones we've watched have been total shit. If we had watched this after the Bratz movie, I yeah. probably would have given it a much worse review. Yeah, exactly. But or, right now I'm feeling charitable. Yeah. It's like when I watched, if I saw There Will Be Blood, not, I saw, watched it right after I watched Cries and Whispers, so I was disappointed. But if I had watched it right after I watched, you know, Fletch, I probably would have thought it was a much better movie. Yeah. So that's the way it is with this one. Come on, Fletch lives. 
Let's give credit to in Flesh. all of our hearts. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wish I wish Fletch had died in that movie, and then it ended with someone pointing at another person's heart and goes, "Fletch will always live on in here." <laughs> and then they look up to the sky, and, and Chevy Chase's face appears, yep. a single tear rolling down. Yep. Hey, I like that movie. <laughs> Oh and man! And then he bursts out of his uh, of his tomb at the end, like his mom. <laughs> Just his, his hand, Bow. Yeah. No, he punches through the wall. Of the mausoleum. And then he pushes his face out and goes, "I'm back." And then the credit <laughs> cut to black. Credits roll to like the Fletch rap. And then there's know? a third Fletch movie where like Fletch goes back as a zombie to the newsroom and like eats Gina Davis. <laughs> yeah. and... Weekend at Fletchies. Yeah. They got to pretend he's still alive. Horrifying. Anyway, but uh, or Fletch becomes her. <laughs> and Dan, what did you think about the movie? No, I'm in total agreement with both of you. I I give this a marginal um, fun bad movie recommendation. Um, yeah, marginal is a good way to put it. Again, if we hadn't had such a bad run of films, uh, maybe I would rank it lower. But uh, yeah, well, if wishes were fishes, every day would be Friday. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, know, it's one of those things where it's like, look, if you're not doing anything and you want to watch a kind of stupid movie where people get killed by a cell phone, uh, this is probably one of your only options. It's one of the top ten movies in which someone yeah, gets killed by a cell phone. We'll yeah, say I'd say that. Top ten. Maybe I'm not, not gonna, in the... I'm not going to say top five. Yeah, I'm not going to say in the first half of the top ten. But... And Ray Wise is in it. Yeah. yeah. They could have easily cast that part with a nobody, but they cast it with the guy who should have done the job. Maybe Lance Henriksen could have done it too. Yeah, yeah. but but Ray Wise. Well, he's he's not as fun as Ray Wise. No, he'd be more like you know terrifying. Yeah, I get the feeling that when Lance Henriksen coughs, sawdust comes out. Yep. there's some kind of kind of dry about him. I, I for a while thought that he uh, that those lines on his face were tribal scars. <laughs> I really want to see something where he and Peter Weller play brothers. That'd be awesome. But it's like a comedy. Like they, yeah, they like, got to get their grandma's ashes cross country, but they never got along when they were kids. You nice. Know? I was expecting it to be more like their brothers who are police officers in <laughs> yeah. different countries, and they have to come together to solve a crime. That's pretty good. Uh, with aliens. What do we do next? Well, next, Stuart, traditionally, we talk about movies that we would recommend. Oh, right. Cool. Of course. Unlike yes. the film, though. We watched tonight. Hey, Elliot looks like he's got something on the tip. Oh, wait. I'm not here. Okay. I'm not here. I have to think about what I'm going to recommend. Um, I've watched a bunch of movies. I'm trying to remember one that I'd recommend. Uh, I've watched a number that have been good, but like they've already got a fair amount of press. So like I saw like Funny Games recently. That was great. The, the American version or English-speaking version. Uh, Dark Knight was great. Let's see. Uh, I'm actually going to recommend something qualified. Qualified recommendation. Partly because I was really disappointed in it. I watched... Uh, well, that's a good reason to give a qualified yeah, yeah, recommendation. Absolutely. I, um, I want to give a qualified recommendation because the movie was sucky. Uh, I <laughs> Mainly watched... because I hated it. <laughs> I watched the movie Doomsday the other... Oh, you were excited about Doomsday. I was. And uh, I still kind of am. Um, it's, you know, it's an, it's the third Neil Marshall movie. He made, uh, Dog Soldiers, the movie about dudes fighting werewolves, which is pretty good. And then The Descent, which is, uh, great. On Pretty Woman, right? Uh, no, different, different, wait. And the other sister? Oh, that's Gary Marshall. Yeah, that's Gary Marshall. Princess Diaries, did Neil Marshall make that? I don't think so. Were there werewolves in that? I think so. Okay, then he probably made I it. didn't see it. Well, Doomsday is a you know about a bunch of bullshit post-apocalyptic shit in in Scotland. It was basically boring. <laughs> um, but the uh, and it basically kind of felt like the guy was given a lot of money, and he's like, "Hey, I like all these other movies. I'm gonna make the craziest movie I can with all this budget." You know, it doesn't really work that well as a movie, but it's really gory. So that was kind of that was cool. It was nice to see a movie that has a big budget and is also really gory. And Malcolm McDowell's in it, so <laughs> so instant quality. Yeah, obviously he's he's a great actor. He's I'll never forget taping a uh, Shannon Worry movie off of HBO late at night when I was a teenager, <laughs> and being really surprised to find Malcolm McDowell in it right after a scene where a woman tried on lingerie topless, <laughs> and then it was suddenly the suddenly Malcolm McDowell was talking to the main characters, and I was like, "What? I had a wait a minute, hold on a second. From Clockwork well, Orange? Hold on. What are you but doing? Didn't he this? also star in Caligula? Oh yeah, he's so, made all sorts so of crazy that. stuff. Yeah, and he was in Tank Girl. Yeah, well, he'll make it pretty much. Was anything. he the bad guy in Milk Money, the film in which um, Ed Harris, a kid, gets a prostitute? For <laughs> I didn't death. know there was a bad guy in that movie. <laughs> there was a bad guy in that movie. <laughs> I, I think. Well, no, that's I, like I saying, recall. That's like Money, if there was. That's like saying there's a bad guy in the Sandlot. Like there's an evil dog. <laughs> but. No, no. 
There's no villain. Milk Money, aside from being a movie, his dad was the villain. About, (laughs) but like, there's a oh, that's we got Dennis Leary. But like, there's a villain in Rookie of the Year. You know, aside from being the no, that's Angels in the Outfield. Rookie of the Year is the one where the kid breaks his arm and suddenly can throw major fastballs. (laughs) All those kids breaking their arms. (laughs) Aside from being a movie about a guy who. Finds love with the prostitute his son provided for him. It's also a environmental uh, environmental <laughs> movie. Like Ed Harris is all about saving the wetlands, and Malcolm McDowell is some sort of anti wetland guy. If I recall the movie, he's an anti swamp lobbyist. <laughs> he just doesn't like him. He likes his land to be dry. So, as uh, just to summarize, <laughs> if, uh, if you want to watch a movie that will ultimately disappoint you, but will have a couple moments of like, wow, that was really gross. Uh, you can watch Doomsday. Well, uh, the movie that I think I'll recommend is uh, I just watched The Getaway, not the Alec Baldwin, Kim oh. Basinger version, but the, the Sam Peckinpah Sa- version. Sam Peckinpah, uh, Steve McQueen, Alan McGraw, and um, you know it's just a really. I, I I know that people who like Sam Peckinpah sort of like look at it as a minor film, but the thing is, it's just a solid thriller. Like it's a really stylishly made movie and um one thing i also found kind of interesting about it is a lot of it reminded me of uh, no country for old men i mean obviously the, the the basic outline of there being this this sort of bag that the characters have and they're trying to get with it safely to um mexico while you know people from different sides are are trying to find them um you know that, that's sort of like a standard like a uh, southwest noir mm-hmm. setup however a lot of the atmosphere of the film, like I really felt like the Coens maybe looked at that, or maybe they looked at the original, the book, uh, Getaway. You know, it's just a really enjoyable thriller. Not bad. Um, the most recent, the, the, the movie I saw most recently that I actually liked was a movie called Rembrandt, starring uh, Charles Loughton in the title role of Rembrandt Van Ryan. It's an Alex Gorda film from the 30s, but I figure it was their follow-up, I think, to The Private Life of Henry VIII. Like, we gotta do another biopic about a guy from centuries ago, and it's pretty yeah. good. Are you sure you're not thinking of that movie Andre about the train seal? <laughs> no, I don't. That's a different not, movie. Not, not Beethoven. No, not Zeus and Roxanne either. It's, <laughs> this is about a human painter in the 17th century, I guess. But uh, that was very good. But I think more along the lines for our listenership, if you can't find Rembrandt, because I don't know if it's available in any format anywhere, I taped it off Turner Classic Movies, is not too long, I guess a couple months ago, or no, I guess it was about four weeks ago, because it was during my last break, I rewatched Scanners, which I had not seen all the way through in a long time, and there's something about that movie, it's a really tight thriller for the most part, even if it doesn't always make sense, and the basic mechanics of being a scanner are kind of slapdash, but uh, there's something so comfortingly 80s about it that I can't quite explain, but I think it might be because I was born in 1981, so I grew up in, as a kid in the 1980s, but when I see movies set in, that were made in the 80s and really feel like they were made in the 80s, it's like, even though it's a movie about guys who make people's heads explode with their minds, there's something like, oh, like this is a warm bath of a movie. You know, everybody's clothes are kind of are 80s-ish, their hair, you know, they all drive 80s cars and have 80s faces. Michael Ironside is really good in it. Michael Ironside's great in it. They're also all very Canadian. They're all Canadian. And Canada is like an eternal 1980s. Like, Canada now is like the 1990s, but in the 1980s, it was like super 1980s. It had been the 1980s for a while there. And another Cronenberg movie, Videodrome, feels the same way, that it like... It's so 80s, everything about it, that it just feels like pulling a blanket around my shoulders. You know, it's very nice. So, Scanner. If you want to feel warm and fuzzy, Scanners. And also, a guy's guy's eyes explode at the end. So, So thank you, David Cronenberg, for all the warm feelings you brought to (laughs) us. I don't know if he's... Like, I have the same affection for the movie War Games. Because right. like everything about it is 1980s. Sure. Whereas something like, say... Are they remaking that? They are, no, they're, they're making a sequel. sequel. That's true. I guess Joshua, the computer that takes up a room, is still... They would have... Like, that thing would be the size of a jump drive now. But I guess... Yeah. Maybe it comes out of retirement, because this time it's personal. Or, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe terrorists hack in. I don't, I don't remember. Dr. Falcon, you know, is probably passed on. Maybe sure. it turns into one of those Transformers that are so Maybe, uh, Maybe they're so big with the kids now. I just hope Dabney Coleman is brought back for it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. He hasn't done a lot of work Star lately. Star of a short time. Drexel's Class. Drexel's Class. Mad Men Buff- of the People. Cloak uh, and yeah, Dagger. Buffalo Bob or Buffalo Bill, whatever it's called. Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Not as good as I thought it was. No. 
That's one that doesn't age well. No, it doesn't. But War Games... That's a 1980s movie. But War Games is great. War Games holds up. I think I've recommended it in the past. War Games is so fantastic, even though it's pretty silly. Uh, any, it's got Eddie Deason in it, like it's and there's what and the I remember watching as a kid watching War Games. I mean, like this is a great movie. And then they go to Professor Falcon's Island Retreat, and the next thing you see is a fucking Pteranodon flying around and being like, "Holy shit, this movie just got so much better." And there's the disappointment of it being a remote controlled like gliding machine. Yeah. But just the last thing I expected was my favorite thing in the world, a dinosaur, to appear in this movie. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel so good just thinking about that. Well, um, we should wrap it up soon, but I want to say uh, I mentioned a contest earlier. And, uh, contest of champions. We have been very vague about this contest. Which is surprising. We gave a, we put a lot of thought into this contest. It's not like we announced it out of nowhere with no forethought. Yeah. The, this it's not like I'm drunk when we do these. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're drunk and wearing tiny shorts when we do it's these. It's not recordings. like Stuart's drunk all the time. <laughs> And the and the AC's off, so it's getting kind of sweaty. Yeah, right it is getting yeah. sweaty. I wish I had my thighs just three completely men hanging exposed out. like you do. There's three men hanging no, out, you don't. sweating. <laughs> Makes one the chair feel in, weird. One of them in really small swim trunks. Just just being guys together. Yeah, just being dudes. <laughs> but um, So, wait, we were talking about our contest <laughs> thing, right? Contest, yeah. Before I got yeah, really oddly dreamy. Um, there's a contest on. If you want to enter it, uh, send us an email with the subject heading... Flophouse contest to the Flophouse podcast at gmail.com. And I realized that aside from not really um, setting rules, we didn't set an end date. So I was going to say get in your um, entries before August 20th. Wow. There's a lot of time left in this contest. Well, this is a, this is a, we only get together to do um, actual uh, episodes yeah, once every like, two weeks. Once every two weeks. And so I'm going to give. Wait, just to clarify, I'm not allowed to enter the contest, right? You're no, not, no. <laughs> Why would you want to win the prize of being of watching a movie with employees us? Employees in the flop house are not allowed. You already wait, do I'm, that. I'm allowed, I'm allowed to keep watching movies with you guys. Yes. yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> in case Stewart's um, what Stuart said didn't clue you in, the prize is to watch a movie with us and it's to fun. have some snacks to appear on the show. Tra- travel um, costs are provided costs. by you, but snack costs are provided yeah. by us. Yeah, I'll buy you. Uh, I'll buy beer, and I'll get Popeyes if we're anywhere near Dan's apartment. I don't think. I think we have to do it at my place. Oh uh, yeah, that's we right. maybe can do it here. Ooh. Anyway, uh, well, but I would say don't put this off to the last minute because we've had some strong entries already. We have had some strong, some surprisingly entries. strong entries. So um, that's that's all I want to say about that. For the Flop House, I'm Stuart Wellington. <laughs> For the Flop House. <laughs> I'm Dan McCoy. I remain Elliot Kalen. Peace. Didn't Jonathan Lipnicki also do the movie where his friend was a vampire? Yeah. The littlest vampire? <laughs> it should be like a 1978 Christmas special on ABC. The littlest vampire. With like crummy uh, stop motion animation or Yeah, rank and bass style. This is pretty comfy. I'm very comfortable. I, I don't know. I'd be more comfortable. Yeah, I'll move the microphone. Hello. <laughs> I'm talking now. In your tiny bathing suit. In my tiny bathing suit. The littlest bathing suit. <laughs> Starring Stuart Wellington. <laughs>